You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Hello, everybody, and welcome to After the Show, episode number 20. Let's get this, the streamers and the party balloons up. Woo, woo, woo! woo episode 20. Woo! 20. 20, 20, 20! That's this- my attempt at cheering. Okay, and it's Sunday, June the 1st. Happy June. June started. Is it? And, uh, yeah, it is. Uh, this week's movie we're going to take a look at is Jumper, the Digital Copy Special Edition. And this is a 2008 movie. It will be released on Blu-ray disc and DVD on Tuesday, June the 10th, which is, what, a week away? And it's... Well, 10 days. Yeah, well, and it's like I say, it's available on DVD and Blu-ray, but we're taking a look at the Blu-ray version. It's from our friends at Fox, and it's a it's not about wool sweaters. Mm. That's a British joke. Yes, synopsis, please. I see that come hither look in your eye. Do you want some synopsis, I? Aye. All right, jumper is not about woolly sheep jumpers. Oh uh, yeah. Any Americans in the audience who know what that is, please raise your hand now. No. Uh, it is about a young man who figures out at an early age, or figures out at a young age, that he has this ability to... Jump? Jump. I mean, we're calling well it jump. jump. <laughs> we're calling it jump. It's like transport himself from one place to another. Well, the teleport in, implies some sort of technology. This is just him. Just thinks about a place and he goes there and he's like morphs there or something. And um, as the story goes, he's got like a, you know, sad childhood, mother's left, father's alcoholic jerk, and he's lived his life being um, taken advantage of this skill, this mad skill that he has. And now all of a sudden as a grown up, he turns into Darth Vader and then <laughs> you making this across, up? Then he comes across that guy, that hooved guy from Narnia. That's who he reminds me of. That isn't him. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's with the James crazy, McElroy. With the crazy right? hair. I don't know. I mean, this character just seems like... And, um... No, he finds out that there's more to this jumping. There are more of him, and there is a faction of human people who are out to kill all these jumpers and... That's it. Samuel L. Jackson has very bright hair. He does. Um, so, yeah, that's the synopsis. Moving on, <laughs> let's move on to the movie. Um, I'll give you my impression first. Impre- okay. So, I didn't have much of an idea what it was about. I'd seen some trailers, but nothing. I didn't really pay attention. So, the movie opens, and it's how I like movies to open. The learning of the skill. Like, like, you know, like Spider-Man. Right. The first Spider-Man, where there's an extended segment of, if I had this power, what would I do with it, and how would I... But without it? the quality. We're not comparing it to Spider-Man. You're talking about no, this story but, tool. On. The the first, story tool. We're talking about the first... All right, then. Let me put it this way. Five the, minutes. The first 15 minutes of the movie, I was stoked. It was my kind of movie. The, the, really? Well, I... As a boy, mm. and if I was given the power to be able to jump, in my head, before he did or anything, I was thinking, wow, you can do anything, really. I mean, you can't do anything. It's not like being the invisible man. But this stuff you can do, 
And then when he decided to go into a bank vault, you know me and heists. Oh yeah. I was like, amazing. That was yeah. what because that was what I would have. I was thinking, there's money to be made in being able to go anywhere, right? With nobody knowing that you. I did. guess that's the difference of a boy mind and a girl mind. Although in the movie, he does they do write that in there so that you're not. As an audience, I think you're not going. Oh God, give me a break! Because he says then the voiceover thing. What would, if you were 16, I was 15. What would, 15 come what would on, you, what yeah, would you, yeah. yeah. exactly. So. And that's what me thinking as a as a 38 year old man thinking, holy crap! If I got that power, I'd be in a bank vault as well, or I would be in the, the Lamborghini locker room at a in the Lamborghini showroom, or yeah, whatever. Getting all the you know, and he backstage at a Playboy so, thing. So this guy wasn't in the first 20 minutes, 15 minutes. He wasn't really straight up, was he? He was a bit of a crim, using mm-hmm. it for criminal everything. His, everything that was in his apartment, everything that he owned was all stolen. <laughs> so he wasn't a good guy, was he? Really, a criminal? Well, see, I don't even think I didn't get that. I mean, I got yeah that he stole all his money. Yeah, but he had, with that he had money, the most expensive everything in that apartment that he lived in. He didn't buy any of that. Well, right. he did. He bought it all, money. right? Money. With money from all over the world. Yeah, but I didn't really got, think of him as a criminal, though. That's funny. See, and I did, and I was thinking, this guy's no superhero because he's being an ass because he's, like, using it for his own... Oh, see, I just didn't think of that. Although I thought he was an ass at the one point when he was watching the news story and the people were... It was a flood happening right then, and there were... Yeah, and he just turned his nose... Yeah, I actually thought, oh, I actually kind of rolled my eyes in my mind thinking, oh, please, they're not going to make him Mr. See, and I thought that was a really good part of the movie, because the guy sat there, selfish as can be, with all his posh, luxurious stuff, which he's stolen off his power. And then there's something on TV saying these people need rescuing or whatever. It shows them on the tops of cars with the river flooding past them. Nobody could rescue them, and obviously he could, but he just goes... And carries the on doing The problem is, his... though, that was very isolated, and it never revisits that idea ever again. It doesn't, but I think this is what I'm trying to say. The first 20 minutes had so many good ideas and so mm. many... I was stoked. I was like, this is a great thing. It's quite an interesting thing to do. You can go anywhere. You can appear anywhere. Well, I don't know if it was anywhere, because no. there's actual rules to it this. It has to be a Jump place points. he can see. He has to have been able to see it. So that means... You just, I mean, I figured that out pretty quickly. He couldn't go just anywhere. He could go to what places he's been or seen. Yes. So that means he had to steal money. We don't see any of this. It's sort of like you have to fill in the hole in the gap. And fly to is, a certain place. Yeah, he has to, has to have gone there. Because he, it does explain that by him looking in a magazine at a picture of something and not being able to go there because he's never been there. Right, he has to have physically been there or seen yeah. it from a distance. Um to be able to go So, there. in the great filmmaking tradition, they conveniently use places that everybody knows, like the Sphinx and the Eiffel Tower. No, maybe yeah. they don't. Yeah, and uh, the Colosseum in Rome. No, that was pretty good, I must say. I was impressed It was with the them. Colosseum. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so, it wasn't like a CGI well, I mean, Colosseum. Conveniently, we get the places that everybody knows, the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Which is good for a visual thing. But, like, the whole of the movie, even though I love the idea... I love and it. And if I was a kid watching this, if I was like that nine-year-old and I was sitting down to watch this on HBO or something, I would have just been like... I was freaking, freaking out. Freaking out. I was freaking out at the beginning. The problem is it's it, not it wore, glued together very well. Now, at the beginning, like I say, I, I liked the first 20 minutes. I liked the idea of a like a boy playing with a toy, basically. Like, what can I do with this thing? And then mastering it slightly. Like, trying to... F- he's a bit... He, he's not very smooth, and then he gets smooth at doing it. 
and then the story kicks in, right? It, they take the plot starts appearing then, which is there's a the paladins, which are a, all right. This jumping's been going on a long time, right? Centuries, throughout thousands the centuries. of years. So there's a almost like a police force against them. They're hunters. Yeah, uh, the moral the moral people who, who think. This is an ungodly. It's like a not. They didn't only, say it. Only, he said something about ungodly. Only God, yeah, only, only, only God. God should have this kind of choice. So we have to kill. So it, you know, Samuel L. Jackson's crew are out to stop the jumpers and just b- kill them and kill them. Yeah, <laughs> there's straight, no like straight yeah, up murder. Straight up kill them. There's no like you know. And then, you know, I just think now that's where the plot kicks in. Is what I was saying. Yeah, and that's where it started to go downhill. I thought because. Uh, you know Nightwatch? Yeah, I actually thought about I that. I had flashes of Nightwatch, which was which is brilliant. brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> and this kind of this kind of thing, there's these people and there's these people after them. That and it's none been of us, so for a long time. That normal people don't know exist. Yeah, I think we have to explain what Nightwatch is. It's oh, right. a, uh, another Fox movie. It's a Russian movie. There's actually two and it's a it's a going to be a trilogy. There's another one coming. And it's recommended, I I would say. Um, it's better than Jumper, anyway. Yeah, it's like a vampire, and it's got all kinds of. But it has a vibe of Jumper. Oh, it's yeah, but it's but, but well done and well put together, and the whole of the movies of those two, the night. So when Day Watch and Night Watch are both, it's worth it's worth a watch. It's like a hidden war going on between some supernatural people Over the and then some again. people who are human who want to put an end to it, and that's it. My problem with this particular movie. I found myself, even though I love the idea, I love the individual parts. I like Christian Hayden, Christian Hayden, Christian, what's his name? Hayden Christensen. <laughs> Darth Vader, whatever. Uh, I like him. He's all right. I like the girl, right? I like all the individual, I like the guy, the Billy Elliot guy. I like all the individual elements, but just didn't all, it just now, felt like really disjointed to me. It did. It See when this plot when the plot starts occurring, which is basically that Hayden Christensen's been jumping all jumping for a few years, enjoying it, getting rich, whatever. And then he and he's been doing this without consequence. And then the consequence that's going to come is Samuel Jackson's crew that are going to stop you. And like he says in one point, you didn't think there wouldn't be any consequences, right? So the the plot the plot just focuses around the consequence, which will be this guy's going to kill you for doing this. You can't just do this; it's not right, you know. But that's not enough, I don't think. Exactly. I didn't care about this war. I didn't no. care about the jumpers because nobody had, nobody showed seen... me a reason to care about them. Yeah. It wasn't like they were valuable. Just like him, he's stealing money. Yeah, he... to live his life individually. He's not stealing money to grandstand. He hasn't like made himself into like a famous. No. Actor. You know, like, he could have made himself, like, full-on big, famous, rich, whatever. But he's just sort of on his own. And we're slicing into this little section of his life, and it just doesn't matter. He doesn't have any impact on the world. He's a petty criminal. They imply that there have been instances where this jumping and these paladins have been a part of history. Like, they mentioned briefly witch hunts and See, that's that. one of the things. And you don't get enough to fill in all that. And then not later when uh, when we learn that this is actually going to be part of a trilogy of jumper movies if it's successful exactly and the second one is being made is going to be made it's it's been given green light 
but then I think, well, I didn't know this while I was watching it, but then afterwards I was like, oh, well, okay, maybe the... Maybe there's a lot more to this. But yeah, but you shouldn't have to think that there, no. when you're watching a movie. We shouldn't be programmed now to sit and watch a movie and okay. have in the back of our mind, oh, well, I don't get it, I don't really like it, but there's going to be two more yeah, to then, fill in then the we'll gaps. Yeah, will be fine, yeah. Yeah, that's bullshit. I mean, it's either going to be what it is, and then if it's somebody who says right off the bat, like the Matrix guys or Pirates of the Caribbean or Lord of the Rings, where they say right up front, guess what? This isn't it. You know, we're doing, we've got a long way to go here, so be prepared. We knew that. This isn't one of those that should stand alone. Just like, you know, I guess any. I'm sure Spider-Man had the plans to go on to be more. It was always set to be a trilogy. But if you just watch Spider-Man 1. Yeah, it fits on its own. You don't, yeah, you don't, you're not worried about. And this one fits on its own, but it's really shallow. It's very shallow. And very Um, pieced together. Like, what I think of as all those convenient things pop up, you know, like... <laughs> there's, there's other films there's that have done missing. it better, but it is a really good concept. It's lovely. I really love the concept. And it's well done. I like the jumping. I have to explain how the jumping is done. It's kind of... Um, they just sort of, like, wobble there, a little and they, then they... And there's a weird poof of smoke. gas kind of... Well, it's not just smoke, yeah. it's kind of a gassy, like cloud of glass. They explain it in the extras as we had to realize that when you're jumping, you're crossing from one atmospheric condition to another and there's going to be some type of condensation and that makes a little poof. Or if you're in the snow, the snow poofs up. And there's a camera shake and there's a brilliant vase hit. Yeah. That is like really good, I thought, in this movie. Um, That's why we needed a D's. D-Box or whatever that yeah, we'll that thing. We'll talk about the D-Box later. But, uh, yeah, so there's a it did have a really good sound to it. And the whole jump effect was good. And it was used a lot. I mean, you saw it a lot, didn't you, in the movie? Yeah. Sometimes more spectacular than others. But, um... The fight scenes where they were really going at it, some of it was really good and some of it was just really jumbled for me. I didn't like the occasional wobbly camera and I totally disagree with that producer guy. It just, uh, ugh. I hate those Hollywood people go, you know, a static movie for me that isn't moving. Well, it's just boring. Well, who wants the little wobbly camera well, every two minutes? let's put it, let's, um... I mean, unnecessarily. This is Cloverfield. Oh, no, 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 no. It's not wobbly cam to the it's extreme. It's just moments when it's completely unnecessary. It's like, it's... They're basically taking the traditional big movie camera and using it as a handheld. <laughs> it requires a couple of guys to steady it up and all that, but it's... It's cool. But there are times when it's just not necessary. It's only for... It's just for that exact reason that I can imagine in a meeting somewhere or at the dailies where the producer's going, I don't know, guys. This is seeming a little static to me. It's seeming... Let's, can we can we shake it up a little? Can we move the camera think, a little? Do you ah. think they mention the word kinetic? Kinetic? Yeah. Let's make it a bit more kinetic. Oh, God. If they do, that's even worse. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> now, I'm... They're trying to be a little hipper and cooler than I would like. When you talk about the... Oh, yeah, the fight scenes. Uh, this actually was nominated for an award. <laughs> this is Aww. clutching the straws a bit. It was the <laughs> best fight scene in a movie at the MTV Movie Awards 08. Hmm. But they, they have the, an award for best kiss in a movie and best... So it's not exactly... Don't mock it. <laughs> best hip-hop scene in a movie. Best dance... You know what I mean? It's mm. not really mean anything, does it? It means something to someone. Doesn't mean something to you. Someone else thinks Academy Awards are bullshit, so there you go. But anyway, it was nominated for the best fight scene, and that scene... I disagree. That scene was. I disagree. 
that scene was. Which scene? Do you think? Any of the fight scenes, I didn't... It was one fight scene. Right, whatever. Oh, well, I don't know. But any of them, it just seemed a bit too frantic. I like Like, they were trying to hide... Because every fight scene includes lots and lots of jumping, and so there's a lot of muddled See, I like to it. I, I really like Born liked had scene. some of the best fight scenes ever, all three yeah. of those movies. And those weren't, there were no special anything. It was just fighting and kicking the crap out of each other, which I like better than. I did like some of the fight scenes where, in this movie, because you can do a lot with this mm. technique. So there's somebody, so they're fighting on the sand in Egypt. They throw a fist punch, and the next thing they're in London. Oh, mm. you know, it, it was a cool thing to see because I mean, there was one where they cut it to about how many different places. That's, uh, oh, it was a lot, yeah, yeah, and it, it went was it world. was cool to watch because you was like, whoa, that's I haven't seen that. And before. the reason, like in my mind, I, I would be thinking, God, just jump. Why don't you just jump away? But then they explain that because you leave a scar. A tear, yeah. sort of, in your yeah, time travel, in your time travel, in your jump, and that means that another jumper can jump right through there, right after you, and see where you. And go. it does have a good closing the loopholes um, thing to it. The story is pretty because it's based on a novel. Let's, yeah. let's say this loosely. Yeah, loosely on a novel, but you know, sometimes where you're thinking, so why didn't they do that, or why didn't they do that? Then it always was explained. I found. Yeah, see, I find that kind of it was a little too convenient. Well, I think that that's. At least you don't start rolling your eyes thinking... Now, the only thing... Okay, there's a weakness to jumpers, yeah? Electricity, was it? Apparently. It wasn't explained at all. All he said one time, Samuel Jackson says, you can't jump when you've got 10,000 volts of electricity going through your mind. So the only thing I can think is... That's where your power is to do this. Is like in your mind, you you will yourself somewhere, and you can somehow, you know, let whatever. Me, let me just. And um, the electricity interrupts that. You can't get past. Yeah, but it. let me just say something here, right? Okay, <laughs> I'm saying this like it's a real science. Now, here you go. You can't jump when there's ten thousand volts of electricity going through your mind. So the paladins have developed a weapon of sorts, which is like a stun gun slash uh, baton that you. Like a cattle prod, basically, but cooler. And it also has grappling hooks in it so or something. So, when you fire that at somebody and give them 10,000 volts of electricity, wouldn't they die? A thousand, he said, not 10,000. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, okay. a thousand. One thousand's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Are you finding loopholes <laughs> no, in this whole thing? Well, the thing is, if the person is, has ability to transport themselves from one place to another on the whole planet, then chances are their physical makeup is going to be a little tougher than you or I. Yeah. Although they can grab somebody and take them with them. They still withstand a bunch. So, we've, I think we've gone... We, yeah. We don't really want to go further than that because we might spoil it. Yeah, I don't want to give away Well, the things. movie in general, for me, like, it's really a good concept. And it's actually fun for the first half, I think. And then it drops into a standard Hollywood movie towards yes, very the end. Standard. Like, um, let's just do a load of special effects and uh, get this over with. Like, that's how it felt to me. I didn't feel that exactly, but I know what you mean. I mean, I felt like... Come on, you, st- you have this really cool concept, really and yet cool. you're falling into all the little tricks of the trade, which again, takes me back to the meetings at the studio, with the studio heads, telling them what to and do. And this movie, which we'll talk about later, seemed to be a bit of a troubled movie anyway, yeah. so maybe that maybe the trouble made the end, end product I not agree. as good as totally, it should have been. 100%, and I'll tell, you, I'll tell you that too. Why? Okay, so we'll move on to the cast, and uh, first we've got Hayden Christensen as uh, David Rice. Very slash good. Darth Vader. I mean, he's alright. He's yeah, Darth Vader. <laughs> he 
He's very wooden to me. What if Darth me. Vader had this power? There you go. He probably already did that. this point. I mean, he's dead and everything. But. Okay, so Hayden Christensen, to me, I'm not mega into him, apart from that one where he was like a con artist. Yeah, that was really good. And what this, was The it? writer, where he wrote in the, the Plagiarist. Yeah. Plagiarist. That was really good. Anything else? Star Wars, I can push that to one side on its own, because Star Wars isn't a great acting film right. anyway. He has moments... I think he was really good of in the really goodness that come that I saw flashback to that movie. I will have. Can you look up the name of it? Because it's really good. The plagiarism one. Mm-hmm. That's the recommend. If you want to see a Hayden Christensen, that's the recommendation. Where he's not, you know, uh, whatever in these big ones. Um, he has moments though that I really like. One thing I like about this movie is every once in a while it flashes to a quiet moment where the two people are either looking at each other or talking to each other in sort of a more real, and you kind of get out of the whole big action part of it and he has a couple moments that he's he's got the look on his face and who knows he could be thinking about a grocery list for all I know but he looks right like he's really gonna give you something and then of course they somebody flies through a wall and knocks him over so I think I like him I just want to see something else yeah, and he's not... When I look at what he's done, he's not done a hell of a lot of stuff, apart from Star Wars. He hasn't obviously. had to, has he? Um, it was Shattered Glass. Shattered he was, Glass. He was David Glass. And it, it was based on a true thing. And he really convincingly played somebody who was trying to get out of a light. It was it was um, awkward and uncomfortable to watch him. Yeah. Because he's a guy who is lying through his teeth to everybody, and he never veers from it. He kind just of holding lies. it all together. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's a really good... It's there are a, no special effects... No, but it um, there are no it grips you, for sure. Right to the very end, you'll be like, "Holy crap, this guy's." There's no George Lucas. No, it's just but a nice little movie. Good acting, and so it shows he can Who act. Directed that movie. I do not know, hmm. but it wasn't anybody um, mega famous. <laughs> it wasn't George Lucas, if that's what you mean. No, just any whoever. I mean. Okay, moving on to Samuel L. Jackson as Roland. Eh. Samuel L. Jackson kind of phones in his uh, things to I me agree. now. If he's in, not. I don't mean all the time. I mean, he's in stuff like Pulp Fiction, and he's brilliant. But in these ones where he appears in a little role where he's either a baddie or a, you know... Like the tough... Like Triple X. Yes. It's just almost like it's easy for him to do one of those. So do one of them and then do something else. And I disagree that Pulp Fiction was any different. I think he just happened to have different kind of material, and he just read it and gave it a little bit of oomph, and that was it. I don't find him to be that. I'm more thinking of the roles like Triple X or this. This is a similar role to what he had in Triple X. Is this the the guy who comes, makes, you know, he kind of lends a bit of credibility to it. Yes, authority. And then he's, he's not mega important. I mean, he is in this film, kind of, but... See, if you can't really define it, it's kind of weird, because But he's... I feel like it's just a standard, we, yeah. I come and do this, and then I leave. Like, I only, you know, I'm not, I get some money. <laughs> I know. Even in the extras we'll talk about, he kind of alludes to the fact this is kind of a weird experience, making this movie. And if you like him, you'll like him in yeah. this. Well, he's got cool hair. Yeah. Let's, uh, he's got his... Similar to mine. He's got his normal hair kind of buzz-cutted hair, but it's dyed grey. Unless he went grey all of a sudden. Is it grey or white? White or white? white. It's, it's, it's um, not natural it's looking. like platinum white. Yeah, it's strange. But it's cool. I mean, he looks like... Unfortunately, he's not that cool of a mm, character. No. So, well, yeah. If you like Sam, you'll, you'll like him. But it's nothing special. Then we've got Diane Lane as Mary Rice. Small part, but I always like her. Small so. part. She's, oh, yeah. 
She was like, Nothing really to mention about her, is there, really? No. I mean, except that it's her. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, then there's Jamie Bell as Griffin. He's who right. Is, who is the... Billy Elliot. Billy Elliot kid. All grown up. Uh, he's all right. He's a bit too cheeky for Little me. A little too in cheeky. This. I mean, he's not cheeky in general. Well, yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, okay. Bit cheeky. English. Sarcastic all the time. Hmm. Sounds hmm. And then we've got Rachel Bilson as Millie Harris. She's very... She's all right. She's really cute. Kind and of goth looking or something to me. I'm not goth. Emo. Bit emo. You reckon? I think she's kind just of very average. brooding or something. I don't know. Oh, I disagree. She was working as a bar in a, in a bar in a small suburb. She didn't she's, have any she's pretty, style uh, to her whatsoever. She's a good looking, good looking gal. She's good looking. She was fine. I mean, I think unfortunately, it's just like a lot of other movies. She's sort of well, she been in ends what up being damsel in distress, which is ugh, getting a little old after forty years of watching it and a hundred years of having it in the movies, but. They were supposed to be having Evan Rachel Wood for the role of Millie. Oh yeah, this comes with the problems with the movie. But the part eventually went to Rachel, Rachel Bilson, so... Yeah. They, they did 100 days of making this movie, and then they changed the, the whole entire cast and left only the Billy Elliot guy, and they started all over. Now, that's not good. No. <laughs> that can't be good for morale or for the quality of the movie, and if the studio's already irritated with you because you've just... Uh, Spend a whole bunch of money making parts of a movie that you're never going to use. Well, actually what it says here for that whole thing is the roles of Davy and Millie were originally cast to Tom Sturridge and Teresa Palmer. After two months of filming and inflating production costs, Hayden Christensen and Rachel Bilson were recast as the leads. So there must be a bunch of... I would have liked to have seen some... Yeah, they probably just want to tuck that away somewhere. Eminem was supposed to be in the lead role. But MTV report quoted that director Doug Lehman said that his plan to have Eminem in the movie was dropped right after he met Aidan Christensen. Mm. So this movie seems... Yeah, to we'll have... get to the director in a minute. Yeah, we will. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to a real favourite of mine, Michael Rooker. As oh, yeah. William Rice. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's just a character actor who... Takes on crop, anything. And crops up when you don't expect I him. couldn't even imagine who he was, and then I realized he's from Chasing Amy. No, Mall Rats. Mall Rats. Mall Rats, where he's completely different. The shit And part. I absolutely hate him for And that. Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, which is my favorite of him. Oh, yeah, but I hated him in Mall Rats. I thought, well, I a, hate that but, actor. But you hate I hate him. that character. You hate him in Mall Rats because he was supposed to be a horrible snivelling. No, but I hated the actor guy. I just right. thought he's just too... Ugh. And would've... then this, I was like, wait a minute, I really like him, but... Henry's is probably his most famous role for me because that was sick as... Sick. Yeah. But he played it really I well. I need to see that again, actually. It's been a long time. Yeah. I watched that in my serial killer phase. Yeah. Back um, I put it on 90s. a, uh, like, American Psycho is a really good serial killer mo- movie. Mm. I think Henry's similar, but without the humor. Because it's real. <laughs> yeah, it's real. <laughs> so, yeah, he's good, Michael Rooker, and he pairs, but he's not... His story is a bit not no, finished. It's stuffed off Maybe it gets side. finished in the next one or something. I don't know. But it wasn't, was it? It was no. kind of... It was interesting. And it plays the alcoholic father who apparently wasn't a great father because the mother had left when the kid was young and we see him briefly. But it, you're torn between sympathizing and hating and you don't really give a shit because he's only on for like 10 seconds. And then his story doesn't get tied up even Mm-mm. though you... Even Don't though it? I was like, Michael Rooker's in this. This yeah, is cool. <laughs> but So then the last person I wanted to mention was Anna Sophia Robb, which is the girl from... 
bridge to Terabithia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she has grown up quite a bit and since yeah. we saw Terabithia. How long ago was that? She seemed like a kid in Terabithia, but it was only like a year ago. Yeah, right? I had a little problem with the production there with her character, but... I do like her. I think she's Seriously, one to watch. in the very first scene with her... Not the very first scene with her. The very first scene at some at some point you see her. She's leaning over in her bedroom. She has shortish black hair that's parted on the right. Right? It's nice and silky, natural hair. And in the very... You cut to her outside like the next day or something... And she's like wearing a wig or something, and it's parted on the other side, and it's got bleach marks, and it's like four inches longer. Um, I was like, is somebody make keeping track of this shit? That was because that really irritated. That me. was something to do with jumping. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. She and then would go back to where her hair looked like it mm. looked right. So that was one of those like, oh. But I really like ignore, her. Ignore, ignore, ignore. There's something very charming about her, and I feel that she's gonna be something big. She's destined for greatness. Yeah, one to watch, I would say. And Terabithia was good, if you like. It was really good. Nice fantasy kind of... In fact, really good. I, I rate that very highly. I th- yeah. Because it it had, it felt like it was going to be like Anania, but then it was something completely different. Completely different. Which, was, which surprised me, because I just thought quality. it was going to be... Because it was made by the Narnia people. I, I thought it was just going to be another, let's do another one of these, but it turned out to be something very different, which was cool. Um, and she wasn't it much either. Let's be honest, she was in the beginning. She was in Terabithia. Uh, yeah, yeah no, she wasn't in this, in this much, no. because <laughs> no, she played the, the the hot chick as a young girl. Right. And they didn't actually look very alike. Was <clears throat> Well, that's fine, because she didn't look alike from scene to scene. So, And it was the same girl. <laughs> okay, so moving on to the director, which is Doug Lehman. He seems a bit eccentric and scatty to me. It's crazy. Like He's, he's like... I, this is my thought. like he's playing Right, this is my thought. How the hell did he get... The three Bourne movies made. Well, hold on. So did, good. Let's, let's just... He didn't make... He didn't direct... Oh, thank God. I was really worried he about myself. He directed The Identity. Bourne Identity. Which is the... Number one, I believe. First one. Yeah. Okay. The best well, even one that, of the Even three. that. The best one of the How three. did he cu- get that made? Because he seems like... I don't know, like a, he's a bit of a rotten re- little kid. He's a rebel. He just wants to do his own... You think? Yes, I do. I actually... Because he did say at one point, studio... The way studio do things, not really into it. So I just don't... Yeah, but the problem with that is, what he his way of doing a movie is take the story that somebody gives me, rip it apart and start over, and then as we see the extras, they don't know what they're doing from day to day hardly. That makes the movie suffer. I don't care what anybody says. It didn't make says. Bond suffer though, did it? Maybe they didn't do it exactly the same way. He said he way. did. I, he actually said That's what I'm saying, did. it's a miracle. Because <laughs> I think once was lucky, and let, after that, Let me just whatever. mention the other movies. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which I really, really liked. Yeah. I think it suffered from a lot of the same things for me. But I, I actually really like it. It's a fun movie, and it's it's just it's fun. It's just a I think, good roller coaster ride. Fun. Yeah, and you like the power hits of it that come across big, 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 boom, boom, boom. It's not really that well of a me. It's not all tight, you know. Whatever. And then you've got um, Go, which was I actually really liked at the time, and then I watched it about two weeks ago, and it's very of that time, and it's not aged very. It it feels. 90s, trying hip, to be flash. Very hip, and, and let's be like Pulp Fiction. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah. And now it doesn't really play That was one well. of the first movies that you and I ever sat in that long corridor area and watching on the TV, pulling the TV in there, remember? We lived in that old No, we actually house. watched it on the theatre in, Colum- in Columbia. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm totally positive. Which you probably got the ticket for it. In there, then. Um, I will... I will. I know it was. Uh, Mod Squad. 
We watched that one sitting yeah, in that, that room. Yeah, that wasn't good, was it? I compare them together because they kind of ruined. Okay, and then the last movie, the other movie that he made was Swingers, which I really loved. But he didn't direct that. He directed Swingers. I thought Fabio did. Uh-huh. Whatever. <laughs> he says he directed Swingers on there, on here. Huh. John Favreau, you're talking about. Yes, He's Fabio. In it. John Fabio. <laughs> he wrote it. Fabio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Lehman directed it. And I really like Swingers. Now, his style fits Swingers. It seems it's it right. It fits Mr. Little... and Mrs. Smith. It's a bit um, hyper. And Mr. and Mrs. That's Smith it. is about that. That's exactly ADD. It's kind of how you feel when you're watching some of these I'm movies. And is is... But it's good. Yeah, yeah, it is. But it has got that shake, the shaky camera, what you're talking about. The but done well. kinetic feel. It does, but it doesn't. It's like because it's more gritty and it's based a little more indie looking. It's not so glossy and shiny. Then I can buy it because Born, the original Born, doesn't have all any of the. I don't know. I just well. Uh, moving on from Doug Lehman. I am. I am not decided if I'm a fan of his or no. Not. But when we go into the extras, I got a bit more to say about him. But we'll move on to the extras. So so stay tuned. Yeah. So this is <laughs> the um, Blu-ray. It's not got a nice cover. I find. I mean, it's. It's just a box. Yeah, but it's nicely um, it's done. It's all metallic. And you stuff. know why you like it? Because it's blue. Well, everything <laughs> Blu-ray is Blu-ray. Okay, so we've got um, the Blu-ray version of the movie. It's a two-disc digital copy edition. We've talked about digital copy before. It comes with the Blu-ray disc with all the stuff on it and then an extra just normal DVD that you can plug into your laptop. And then make an... You're asking me? I don't know. Well, remember from last time, from Hitman. You plug it in and you make a digital copy to put on either your iPod or... Your PC. Lays for sure something (laughs) who... Nobody has one of those anyway. One of those. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't work on your Zoom, let's say that. But anyway, yeah, it comes with that. I guess that's a freebie. Oh, it's freebie. It doesn't add to the price. No, the price is... And then we've got the extras. So... The first thing is the audio commentary by Doug Lehman, the writer and producer Simon Kimberg, who seems to keep him in his place. Yeah. And the producer Lucas Foster. So that's kind of the battle of the money man against the director. And the creative people. We've got the picture-in-picture jumping around the world, which we have an interesting story to talk about, yeah? Yeah. So the picture-in-picture, as far as we know, works. Mm-hmm. But we because <laughs> based on experiences of the past where you put on the picture-in-picture picture commentary, which we enjoy, and instantly, even when the logo pops up, you know, you've got a little guy in the corner saying, hi, I'm so-and-so, I directed the movie, and it's constant, it isn't intermittent, as they have said this on one that is, one. This one actually <laughs> We features... flipped through like six chapters and never found any. Yeah, this one features the word intermittent. Now, we'd watch the movie in full, we weren't going to sit there and watch it all again so we thought what we normally do is go to a chapter that we liked and watch the picture in picture so we can give you a idea of what it was like and but if we, we like it actually, we'll watch it again couldn't actually find any at all <laughs> and we waited <laughs> and i'm like is it on and you're checking the menu i think yeah. it's on now, does it turn on will it work now let me just say that it only works on bd live um blu-ray players which the ps3 which is what we use to watch blu-ray discs is one of is the only one of i think right now so if it doesn't work on that, it doesn't work on anything. But they do include a picture-in-picture that does... It's picture-in-picture, non-picture-in-picture. Non-picture-in-picture version for older Blu-ray players. So supposedly you can have this intermittent feature on either. Maybe we should have tried that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but, not convinced But anyway, there. the intermittent picture-in-picture is available. 
It's an extra track. You choose it and you watch it and it gives you some facts about the movie. I think. Yeah, I'm sorry, but we didn't really... Okay, so we didn't have the patience. No. So uh, moving on to... Now, this one was very good, I thought. It's the Doug Lehman's Jumper, the uncensored documentary. Mm. Now, it's not uncensored because he says fuck or anything like that a lot. Uh, just moving it into the explicit category. The, finally, iTunes. finally. I was waiting for the F word. Oh, I mean, it's, it's been It's an more hour. uncut because they kind of reveal how troubled this movie is in a way. Yeah. And it's a nice behind it's the scenes It's a nice documentary, documentary made. It's uh, it's not a talking head thing necessarily. It's a fly on the wall. Yeah. Follow everybody around and see how badly this movie is made in parts. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> what do you mean? Like how shoddy things are like, you know? How shoddy? Yeah, like... All right, not shoddy, let's say how... Well, you hear Billy Elliot pissing and moaning, basically... Is he being funny, though? No, I think he's, like, he's sick of waiting and he's... But I thought he might have been being smart-ass to the camera. Oh, maybe. But it's hard to tell, because he seemed like he was actually complaining, right? Yeah. And then people like the producer complaining that the director's pissing around too much and we haven't got that much money to spend, and then the director's running around with the camera just... And having they're a like, laugh, and they're all like, why aren't we filming stuff? And We've got an hour bit... left in Rome, let's get... You know, it's like, you get little hints It all hints seemed of... a bit like the director was kind of out of control. And yeah, and when they in. say, in that, they talk a lot about how we're, we come in and day-to-day things change, and the script gets rewritten, and we started this movie four years ago, and now we're doing it again, and it, every day we come in and something's different, or we might work for half a day and he doesn't like it, so we have to start over. That doesn't... It doesn't always end up right at the end. Maybe mm. Bourne was a fluke. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? This time, I think it made the movie suffer. Well, there was one scene where the director was going, okay, this looks good, uh, so we're going to set all this up and this will be a six-hour um, shoot. Is that okay? And then then, the, then it interviews like the producer guy who stood like off the set a little bit and he says... Um, so this will literally take six hours. No, he was basically <laughs> saying... Uh, that's all well and good, but we don't have a budget for this. Right. <laughs> it was like, yeah, so, but the director's like, whatever. We'll yeah. just do it, like, charge it to whoever. I don't care. And I think he's charming <laughs> enough, and I like that oh, he, gets, he gets down in the water and moves him around like a, like a, like as a stunt guy, and he does he all kinds of... jumps in the icy pool. I feel like he wants to just experience it all. He doesn't just sit behind the camera, dare I say, like Kevin Smith, who probably sits in a little tent four miles away. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, Kevin. I He's definitely a hands-on director. You could tell he was in everything. He wanted to even he wanted to even go up to the Italian actor behind the window mm, yeah. and get him to do his acting. So he could understand what, what yeah, was going to Yeah, and gonna, all the guy had was one line. It was like a police officer, like a nothing. So he's like, can you just do what you were going to do? And the guy does it. And he's like, okay, and he's played, I get it. <laughs> please, he puts himself in the role of the girl and tries to do the little thing. So he tries to understand what he's going to get. You know what I think? It feels like with Bourne, he got a big chunk of cash. Mr. and Mrs. Smith was a success. Hmm. Obviously, Swingers is a kind of a cult classic. Go, I don't know about the success cult of it, classic. but it was probably a hit. Yeah. Right? So he's riding on that, where he can take a lot of these sort of like loop-de-loops, and and, and everybody's like, mm, whatever. He seems, he, he, he does seem uncontrollable, and he'll just do whatever he's doing. And he doesn't really care, it seems to me like he doesn't really care what the studio is. Maybe we didn't see the, I mean, obviously. I mean, yeah, this, I, I imagine there was conflicts between him and the studio that we didn't see there, but this did give you a good insight as to 
there was holes in if it was a wall the movie there was holes in the plastic <laughs> the production the, wasn't all there there yeah. was holes in the cement and it was like crumbling a little bit well a lot that's fascinating <laughs> well that was my analogy of the day um <laughs> is that an analogy yeah, and that was about an hour long, that as well, so it's pretty cool. And then there's the Making an Actor Jump featurette, which is... How do they do the special effects? For the jump, basically. Right. Which was pretty interesting, because you get to see how they did the... How they came up with originally the atmosphere it. of what it's like when a person would be jumping. So, it's cool. And then there's the Jumping from Novel to Film. The Past, Present and Future of Jumper featurette, which was... It was interviews with the guy who wrote the novel, and he didn't really care. Well, let's put it this way: the movie is there's one scene in the movie that's actually in the novel, and the rest of it's fab- just loose, not yeah. part of the novel. They're just loosely based, but he didn't seem to care. Did he? No, he said my book is what it is, and that's it. And he actually used the quote that was used on the Golden Compass a couple of weeks ago that. A book author who says... Why should I care what they do with the movie? My book's still on the shelf. It's not like it's gone anywhere. Right. So, that was interesting that those quotes came That's up one of those crossovers. Yep. We need to start doing that week Yeah, week. every week it seems to happen. So, well, it um, is all the movie business. Then we had the Jumpstart David story, the animated graphic novel. I like that. I really liked it too. I wanted it to be a bit longer. It's kind of like storyboards animated slightly with the weird anime look-ish, but kind not of, that sophisticated. Kind of like a comic book, but roughly drawn. It's what it is. Animated novel. Animated graphic novel. And it novel. was cool, because it was uh, a different part of the story. Yeah, and it's not the whole story. It's just a little tiny clip, and it's different. It's like you're following the beginning of his story, but it's actually totally different from the movie. Uh, one of my favorite extras. Then, yeah. the, then there was deleted scenes. There was quite a few of them. None of them specifically really mattered. Not really. It was good that they weren't in the movie. There was nothing... No, there was one thing where I said, why, that would have been better. Oh, the one with the Japanese people in the laboratory. Oh, yeah. Creating the machine. Actually creating a machine that... See, you don't understand this in the movie, but the... All of a sudden, Samuel L. Jackson's character, who is human, he's not a jumper. No. All of a sudden, he and his crew, who are hunting them... Right, is a paladin. That's just a name, though. It's not a... That's not a well, he's, species. He's <laughs> All of a sudden, out of the blue, you've gone through more than half the movie, and now they have this box that they throw on the floor, and it can, like Ghostbusters. It, yeah, <laughs> That's kind what of, it about. is kind of it. Kind of like we'll grab hold of that scar that the last person left, and somehow let them jump through it. Well, yeah. we have no mention of this. No, they just went, "Hey, look!" They never used it before. He's been hunt. <laughs> okay, here's my question: They've been hunting them forever, and then and then the box shows up. In my mind, I'm like. Why haven't they been using this forever? But then the, ex- the you deleted see that scene, scene... They only just made that. Right. Back. I mean, they've been researching it on rats. I guess, but then you think they've got a whole group of people doing this kind of scientific research and it's a secret? I still think that that scene should have been in the movie because it was very unclear. When he brought that box out, I was you like... You know what? It reminded me of really bad James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> but it kind of fit. But then, uh... but then when he brought the box out, I was like, holy crap, why, where did that come from? Yeah. Has that been in the back of the van and they forgot about it? Right. Cause, like, well, they carried that with them each time, remember, to never the used scene. It. But they didn't pull it out they of the box. They didn't use it. They had it in a crate. In the deleted scene, they get the call saying, it's right. kind of ready. Kind of. Because there was a rat that was all bloodied, blown, up. bloodied up. So I guess... So that's the one deleted yeah, scene that... One deleted scene that might have been better in the movie if it was better made. 
Yeah. Because it looked like the guy from Heroes, kind of. That's like. what I'm telling you. It's like a bad, like a James Bond where the bad guy's got his little laboratory and they're creating something evil. And then we've got the the last, well, last but one feature is the previs, the future concepts, which is really good in, in a bad way. Now, that was the one that looked like an old PlayStation 1 game. Oh, yeah. But it, it was, was right. previs. Yeah, but the end of it. It was amazing. Why didn't the movie have that in it? Why? And you said, is he holding his breath? Or something. At the end of it. See, that's how it didn't have much of an impact on me. Went up in... I don't want to ruin it. Oh, yeah. Well, it's an extra. Well, it is, but maybe... <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sounds like that might have been out of their budget. Yeah, but it was cool. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a jumping fight I would have liked to see. Yeah, a big jump. Yeah. I'll say the a biggest big... jump you could imagine. Yeah. But it also kind of... It was a jump for mankind, one of those. Like, oh, my God. One giant leap, one giant jump. One of so those. you basically didn't want to ruin it, but you just did. Well, you have to be slightly... Okay. Oh, what? Not a com- lot of rock to yeah. know what you're doing? <laughs> you have to, like, have lived in the 20th or 21st century to understand so that the last, So the last feature is for all you millionaires out there. And <laughs> this movie is enhanced for the D-Box motion control system. Now We tried it, but it didn't work. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, it's... Okay, so let's... Now, this might sound like something out of a science fiction movie or something. Sounds like Disney World to me. Okay, so now the technology is available from dbox.com. I had a look. To... We have a home theater with a big screen and we have nice home theater chairs. To actually rig your chairs up to actuators and motors and rumble base bins inside your chair... So your chair moves, not just not just jumps up and down rumbling, actually moves, like physically. It's on four hydraulic oh, lifts. Oh, is that what it is? So you, it can move side to side, up and down. R&D. Yep, and it will shake you around. It will If you're taking off in a spaceship in the movie, your chair will completely tip back. If you are crashing in a car, you'll fly forward. It's an experience like you would see in a theme park. Sounds great, but you know what the first wife question is? What was my first concern? It's going to be noisy. Yeah. There's going to be some shit going on. But how badass would there. it be? But hold on. Let's <laughs> This Blu-ray this features like, the Okay, so if you want D-Box, you have to buy a D-Box, which is a set-top box that plugs in plugs in to your chairs and you have to have a disc such as Jumper that features D-Box technology that feeds the box the commands for the chairs in sync to the picture. Oh, you don't just buy the box, dude. you got to buy the chair. Or well, you got to buy the platform. you got a choice. The company will actually rig your chairs right. with their... I'm equipment. just saying, you said it's all you really need is specialist. the box, and then, but that's not all you need. Because then the box will just sit there. It's really shit. specialist and not affordable by... That's what I said. It sounds like Disney World where you get on... The audience sits on that platform and y'all are like... Ooh. It is that, but it, but this is aimed at home. The home market. Um, that's why it's in a Blu-ray disc. So, it's cool. I think I would like that better for a game than a movie. Well, I would... I would like to try it, but it's really cool, but it's too expensive for a normal... If, you, if you're Hugh, Hugh Hefner or... Um, Gene Simmons, you might be able to get one in your house, but we will But the be guy able. who directed this movie, maybe. So it's cool that it's included, but it seems very way out there to me. It's like George Lucas might have it fitted in his house somewhere, but it's... And all the extra is, it gives you a code. That's it. The code that you, I assume, type into your D-Box, and then it works. 
So if you have a D-Box, you must know by now. If you have a D-Box, email me and tell me what it's yeah, like. Yeah, totally. And how much it cost you. And if you own uh, the company, and you're listening to <laughs> Send this. Send us one. Send us one. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that'll happen. Um, so let me just, because this is a Blu-ray disc, and it's uh, just a little audio and video. Um, very good. Audio yeah. and video. Um, audio, spectacular, I thought. Because the jumping was going on a lot, and it all had this big bass kick. It just really... And there was a lot of surround stuff where when they jumped and they went... It kind of went behind you. It was just really good. And the picture was obviously very good. Um, yeah, it didn't reveal a lot. I mean, there were there are moments of CGI in every single movie except for Transformers where <laughs> you're like, oh, God, ignore that. But this, I, I found a couple little tiny ones, but the picture was so good and everything else looked nice. And for all you people who like the tech specs of discs, <clears throat> this is actually a pretty... Uh, cutting edge one because it's using AVC codec at 35 Mbps. <gasps> Let me just tell you though, a normal DVD, this is the bitrate of the of the video. The bitrate of a normal DVD is about five, and this one's 35. So you the detail is incredible. I love it when you talk like that. And you get a DTS HD 5.1 Master Audio soundtrack which is a lossless there's no compression done on the sound so you're getting exactly what they recorded which is it's cutting edge as it can be and it's uh, Fox Blu-ray which is I think is our first Fox Blu-ray excellent no it isn't The Devil Wears Prada was the last one I just had a little moment of sort of remorse that we didn't find a more you know fabulous movie to have for our 20th anniversary but whatever yeah, 20th show. 25. Jumper. 25. Make it happen. 25th show. Jumper 2, maybe. <laughs> okay, so overall, I just want to say it's a fun movie. I had fun with it. It looks great on Blu-ray. It's a good one and a half hours. Um, it kind of loses itself in the middle, but in general, it was fun. But the idea kind of collapses at yeah, some Yeah, the point. idea is fantastic, and the movie lets it down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so I wouldn't... 100%... You, 100% recommend it, but I wouldn't not see it. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those again. It's one of those where you kind of had fun with it, but... It's above average it. because the idea is good, and it's not greatly... It's not performed beautifully. There's no pivotal moments. There's no, like... There's nothing original about it whatsoever. If, you're a, if you're a dude, you'll like it. It's action-packed. And there's no nudity. There's a hot chick. She shows, she's in a bra at one point. Yeah. When he jumps her. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get it? Da-da-da. Jumps her. Yeah, you said it during the movie and you're okay. saying it now and neither time I have to bring it up I for these you. people. I see. You know what I'm saying? Try it on everybody. Okay, so moving on. Thank you to uh, Fox for the uh, Blu-ray disc. Uh, moving on to our contest. Now... The new contest. Yeah, the contest is for the movie Mama's Boy. I've got two copies to give away. Now... You're going to make an... I'm going to spring this one on you. Mm-hmm. You do kind of know about it. You're going to make a... Kind of. ...question up. But you told me like one You're second You're going to make a question up based on this... Not based on this. Based on this image. Okay. Am I closing my eyes? Let me put the image into your head. That image there. Oh, dear. I can't really see... What am I? Oh. This and should a... I read the tagline? Yes. Adulthood is so last millennium. And I'm supposed to I'm put, come up with a question for this. I want the question not based on that image. Can you explain the, the image, image to the listeners? The image is of a young man looking to be maybe 20 
in a what looks like a gladiator skirt. That ain't just a young man. You know who that is, right? Oh no, that's Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, I can't see him because he's got a helmet okay. on. Well, it's come down that's, over his uh, face. John Heder. Oh, there's the front, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, it's John Heder. See, it was better when I didn't know because it's just a guy <laughs> with. A sword up over his head and some chainmail gloves, looks like, and a gladiator outfit and some black boots and a girl standing behind him wearing, like, a cutesy little outfit. And the question would be, am I supposed to go, this is my this is my foundation for a question. You know, does it have to be about this or going to be, like, anything sort of semi-related? It can, be, it can be related in any, okay. any way, shape, or form. I am going to say... It's more fun than asking what movie was John Hedder in. Yeah. What was famous. Oh, I get what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, okay. My question is, uh, name three Ridley Scott movies. <laughs> what? Oh, okay. Yeah, I see. <laughs> I see the connection. Um, and I'd just like to say, we've got two copies to give away. I'd just like to say thanks to our friends at Warner Brothers for supplying those, those three. Three Ridley copies. Scott movies, and you can't look it up. And we're going to know if you look it up. You just have to know what they are. John Hedder looks all emo on the front there. What's going on? I don't on? know what you're talking about with the emo thing. Why do you have to label everything? Why do you have to label everything? You know what I think it is? I think it's the eyeliner. Has he got eyeliner on? I don't know. Okay, so that's the competition. Name three Ridley Scott movies and send an email to ascully at ascully.com and then the subject line put contest podcast mama's boy. And uh, you will win one of two wonderful copies of Mama's Boy. And it's the widescreen edition. Very nice. And it could be any three Ridley Scott movies, but sequels do not count. Okay. That's the um, rule. Moving on to what we've been playing this week, you've been playing nothing again. I've been playing Tetris every You're, time I oh, go Tetris. in the bathroom. You're letting the team down, man. Tetris, that's that's so 1980. You haven't offered me any new games. I have been watching Shrek. <laughs> yes. Austin's been playing Shrek on the TV. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that counts. Okay, so what I've been playing this week, quickly, Grid, which is a cool racing uh, game from Codemasters. Really good. Uh, what I will be playing this week is Ninja Gaiden 2, which is out on Tuesday. Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden <laughs> 2. And Indiana Jones Lego, which is out on Tuesday. I'm sure I will be see- we will be seeing a lot of Indiana Jones Lego of course. in the next few weeks. Because Austin, our nephew... Will play it. In fact, he's probably excited for Tuesday right now. Yeah, he's probably thinking... Is that a school? I wish it was Tuesday. I want to play it. Uh, you're just projecting your own thing on me. Well, I know I would be. <laughs> okay, so... Other stuff. Other stuff? Mm-hmm. Been cooking my brains out. I make, I'm about to make a lemon meringue pie. Yeah. Homemade. I, I actually made it. some meringue. Let's you did. He made well. the meringue. Perfect. Beautiful. You're going to do it again today. Yeah. I'm going to make the crust and everything from scratch. And we also have, we watched Britain's Got Talent. Yep. It was fun. Don't say the winner. They no. might go out there and find it. And want Are we talking it. about, this is a, well... America's Got Talent exists, so people probably know what that yeah, is. Yeah, but it, and it's probably just as cheesy. But for some reason, you British people give things a little element of not. It wasn't classy, but it was good. It, it has some good. really good. It's acts. a talent show. People, anybody from anywhere can enter, and it's Simon talent. Cowell is one of the judges. Yeah, and there's everything, all kinds of talent. It's really bizarre. Yeah. Some of it, but it's good. It's good. Piers Morgan, Simon Cowell, and the lady. And we're watching Australian Big Brother. We're watching Australian Big Brother, and the U- we are hooked on Big Brother, always have been. Apart from the American <laughs> yeah, one, American we don't sucks. watch that one. Big dick. Uh, so we watched <laughs> the Australian one, and the UK one starts on Thursday, so we're going to be Fabulous. on a Big Brother summer again. Um, 
And that's about it for everything. I think, I think so. we're running up to the hour mark here. Gotta go so. make you some steak and some lemon pie. So let's uh, say we got the website, say scully.com and sidtalk.com. We've got this podcast on iTunes. And my podcast too. Zoom Marketplace, the A Scully podcast is, but yours isn't yet. Not yet. RSS feed on the page, you can listen to it. Email feedback to ascully at ascully.com and sidtalk at sidtalk.com. You can buy some of my artwork at Etsy. Sidtalk.etsy.com. www.sidtalk.etsy.com. And I just want to say, um, stay classy and jump around. <laughs> jump, I don't think jump, those two can jump, go together. Jump, and you know what I'm going to say. Why do you even ask? I'm going to say, think for yourself, people. Because if you don't, I'm telling you right now, somebody else is going to do it for you and they're not going to do it very well. <laughs>